Hello and welcome to the Drink and Geek Out podcast, part of the Hopped Up Network. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. This week, I'm here with Keith. This hey. is Seth. <laughs> and we are talking about Better Call Saul. It's so good. Yep. Uh, we did Breaking Bad, right? A while ago. That was a long time. Did we do Breaking Bad? <laughs> I don't even remember doing Breaking Bad. The only Bad. reason I remember is because we had Breaking Bud as a yes. beer. So we did. We, yep. I, I know remember we that beer. About it, yeah. so <laughs> I don't I, remember talking about it, but we remember <laughs> the beer. That's the best part. Um, speaking of beer... What beers do we got this episode? Oh, for this episode, for our in beer, we have from Sun King, Pachanga. 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 Which I believe is their Mexican style mm-hmm. lager. And our out beer, we have John from Neshamine Creek <laughs> Brewing Company in Croydon, Pennsylvania. It's not smart to get beers from breweries where we can't pronounce the name of the brewery. I just like saying Neshamine. <laughs> It's probably Neshamini, but I like Neshamini. Neshamini. It's more fun to say. All right. The first episode premiered on AMC on February 8th, 2015. He wasn't always Saul Goodman, ace attorney for chemist-turned-meth dealer Walter White. Six years before he began to represent Albuquerque's most notorious criminal, Goodman is Jimmy McGill, a small-time attorney hustling to make a name for himself. He's a forceful champion for his low-income clients, an underdog whose morals and ambitions often clash. Jimmy works with Private Eye Mike Ermintrout, a former Philadelphia cop and recent transplant to the Southwest. Mike has a specialized skill set. He is a fixer of sticky situations that Jimmy soon learns to appreciate. Slippin' Jimmy. (laughs) So it's funny that they call this... Better call Saul. And the first three seasons, he's never referred to as Saul. Yeah. There's no reference to Saul. Not Goodman. at well, all. The third season, they start. He starts being called Saul Goodman in those ads. That's true. So we start to get a hint. Yeah. And that's what I I love about this series is that we see who he is before he became what. Yeah. Before he became Saul, mm-hmm. and you can slowly see the downward spiral. It's right. just starting Inching to happen. Towards that. And it's like, it all makes sense why he is the way he is now. And you see he's got a good heart, but he just makes mistake after mistake. Uh huh. It's like, you know where the show's going to end, but damn, it's a fun ride getting there. And you get the little tiny snippets of what he's doing after Breaking Bad in like the black and white intros or whatever. It's like each season, I think they start out. Um, with him, like working at a Baskin Robbins, it's a at the end Cinnabon. Of, Cinnabon, sorry, <laughs> not Baskin Robbins, sorry. Um, a Cinnabon, you're right. Ant Man worked at Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's origin story was at a Baskin Robbins, um, and because I think at the end of Breaking Bad, he took that witness protection. Mm-hmm. He goes here because he tried to give it to Walter. I remember, and yeah. he took it for himself. I'm going to move to a new city change my name and whatnot. Yeah, you so see, that, like, that bus or whatever pick him up at the end of mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. And then in Better Call Saul, you see where he ends up. And it's cool because in one of them, he's sitting there and he's watching his Better Call Saul commercials, commercials. like, on yes. VHS. Like, in he has them room. all locked mm-hmm. up because he's not forgetting his past. And he's, like, super paranoid, too. He is. Every time he sees a cop or sees somebody, like, working at the mall at the Cinnabon, he's just like, are they here for me? What's going to happen? So, yeah, it's kind of neat. So it's a continuation of Breaking Bad. So you Man. get to see where he end up, and then you get to see where he started at the same time. So yeah. it's it's I love that they do that, and it's only like five minutes out of the every season that they show you the little 
whatever. They're not flashbacks. They're flash forwards, flash I guess. Flash forwards, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they don't dwell too much on it. So it's pretty cool. All right. So the characters, obviously playing Jimmy, we have Bob Odenkirk mm-hmm. as James Morgan, Jimmy McGill, a lawyer and former scam artist who becomes involved with the criminal world. Yes. And I will say him like being a comedian. He nails this role. He does. He's like so serious at most parts, but he also is like you see that he can be funny from time to time, but he's yeah. just like perfect as this character. And he, to play like those serious scenes and mm-hmm. whatnot, it's just like, oh, you you can just feel it. Like just the way the looks he gives because um, what's his face? Whoever played Walter White? Brian Mc- or Cranston. Yeah. He, he did that a little bit too. Yeah, because like he was a comedian see, too to start with. Yeah. You can see like the way they look, and I, I remember when watching one of those after shows that the director say, "I tell you, comedians are the best actors, yeah, because they can play a serious role better than, than most any other serious people. Actor. Yeah, it's easier, yeah, to get a comedian to play a serious actor than it is to give a serious actor to be funny. Exactly. <laughs> um, next, we have Jonathan Banks as Mike Ermintrout, a former whatever I said that already. Yep. <laughs> um, He's working independently as a parking lot attendant and later as a private investigator slash bodyguard and cleaner. He is funny to see as that par- parking lot attendant. I know. It's just, like, how's Mike working in yeah, a parking lot right now? He's always, like, perturbed and got that sour post face anytime someone comes <laughs> yeah. in. He just, like, does his job. <laughs> um, but I think his scenes are the probably the best part of this series. They are the Even, best. It's, like, almost two different series happening at once because they kind yep. of only overlap once every season or something they yeah, really right. don't come into each other's story that often until like the third season and hopefully the fourth season right. coming up we'll see more of them involved mm-hmm. in each other's lives but this his background i i don't know if it was that first season or the one that one episode that really went into his past mm-hmm. i was left just chills yes. like how that episode and i'm just like oh yeah, my I think gosh that's the first season and i know it's, you hadn't watched it yet and <laughs> nobody to talk and, to about it like um <laughs> Jared hadn't watched it yet, and nobody else watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need somebody to talk to about this episode, and nobody had seen it. And it's just, oh, I felt so many feelings after that episode. And it then was good. His scenes are almost like silent movie. He doesn't talk. There's like really yeah. no dialogue ever. It's just him like going through Doing all the job. steps, yeah. of, and then you you kind of don't know what he's doing at first most of the time. Then you see him like all the steps coming together mm-hmm. as he's like learning, like following people and like stealing their tracker. This is what has happened in the third season, so that's why it's yes. on my mind. But with the little tracker and yeah. the, the gas cap and the, yeah, all you that see stuff. him like do all the steps to like use the tracker against these people. <laughs> so it's, it's great like, to super see smart. Him do I stuff mean, like being that. a cop, mm-hmm. a former cop, his knowledge is just like unbelievable. So yeah, it just he's. He was one of my favorite characters in, in Breaking yes, Bad. Yes, I was sad to see his demise in that show. So to see him come back for this mm-hmm. and his background is just like, oh my gosh! All right, our next character we have is Rhea Seahorn. She plays Kimberly or Kim Wexler, a lawyer formerly working at the Hamill and Hamill and McGill <laughs> HHM law firm, now running her own law firm. Who is Jimmy's close friend and love, love interest, <laughs> and she is new to this universe because she right. is not in Breaking Bad, which leads me to wonder, is she going to make it right. or is she just going to move away and just not be part of his life? I know. So, in the third season, she has that car accident. Car I was accident. like, oh, is, 
Is this That's her, what I thought. I thought I'm like, no, getting... don't end it now. <laughs> right. I'm like, I like her. <laughs> but oh. yeah, eventually either I think kind of speculating about what's going to happen to her character, she's either going to die mm-hmm. or Jimmy's going to realize he's dragging her down, which is what he's been doing this whole time, and kind That's of true. break off and just like cut ties with her so that she can go on to be because she's a great lawyer and she, he he's just like yeah ruining her career basically and i i could see it too i was thinking about this as the directors and some of the interviews that they've done that she could still be part of that universe and we could they said eventually we're going to get into the breaking yeah. bad side of it and, and we, we could just, see behind the scenes right. like where he leaves her a little bit mm-hmm. or he's on the phone talking to her scenes that obviously weren't in Breaking Bad right, because they didn't true. know they were there. So they could still have that place and go into the Breaking Bad season. I don't know how much they could overlap, but they said that point is coming eventually where we're going to be in the Breaking Bad era. And there could be a crossover because they all want Brian Cranston to come back and, mm-hmm. you know, Kim will meet him somewhere and like she's in the store and run into Walter White. Because, yeah, we really only see Saul when he's with Walter White. Moving on to the next actor, Patrick Fabian as Howard Hamlin, a name partner at Hamlin, Hamlin and McGill, first appearing as Jimmy's nemesis until it becomes clear that he acts under Charles McGill's orders. Charles, a.k.a. Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. We'll get to Chuck in a minute. I think but he's ne- oh, he's coming up. Um, but Howard, yeah. <laughs> As we re talk about this, since the recording <laughs> stopped a second ago when we were in the middle of a conversation, uh, it's all good. <laughs> Howard, as you just said, that like at the beginning, he he, he was, was an asshole. Dick. Yeah, he was an asshole. Like I don't like this guy at all. Mm-hmm. But as the seasons went on, he was more of a redeeming character, and you realize he's just doing like what he's told. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have his own thoughts and opinions as well, and he's, he's genuinely a good guy. Yeah, he, he is, and he like cares for Chuck, and he's trying to do what's best for him and also what's best for the company. And so mm-hmm. it, he he really struggles, and it's cool that we get to see that side of him too and yeah. not just him being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but as we said too, he's just the epitome of what a lawyer is. Right. You look at him, and he's just – fast-talking, smooth-talking lawyer. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I'm the head of a big The rich firm, asshole yeah. head of the biggest firm in Albuquerque. Oh, I don't know where, where this actually takes place. They're not in Albuquerque yet, are they? I, don't, I think, yeah, they go to Albuquerque at some point. Yeah, because uh, he joins that firm in Albuquerque, yeah. and he goes, yeah, when he left Hamlin. So I don't remember where HHM takes place, but yeah, yeah. it's in New Mexico. It's in the universe. <laughs> All right, the next character we have is Michael Mando as Ignacio Nacho Varga, an upholstery shop worker who is also an intelligent, ambitious member of the Tuco Salamanca's gang. Was he in Breaking Bad? I see another new. I don't think he's a remember new him character, but he seems like super familiar. I know for some reason, but he didn't stand out. I guess in Breaking Bad. So, like he maybe he died the first season, or he was just like yeah. a small background. He was like in the opening and, yeah. or something. But yeah. he's another character that, man, we get to see him develop as well. Yes. and the emotions that he's going. He's a through. great actor, and I don't know him from anything else. Yeah, but an awesome actor. Um, just he seems like a good guy who's caught up in mm-hmm. this gang. Um, we see that a lot in the third season, where he's like, I. 
somehow he got dragged in this. We haven't no, we don't know really know why, mm-hmm. but he doesn't seem to be want to be part of it anymore, and he's trying to get out of it exactly because his dad working at the upholstery shop mm-hmm. um so he's continuing to work for his father he loves his dad doesn't want to involve him mm-hmm. in this whole drug ring and everything else trying to keep his family out of it and safe um so he he's genuinely a good guy and i think he probably got caught up at a younger mm-hmm. age i don't know maybe we'll see a little bit more development with him maybe some yeah. more flashbacks like, about I, how he got maybe started. he was friends with tuco when they were younger because mm-hmm. you see that a lot in the first season yep when he teams up with Mike to get him thrown out and back in jail or whatever. Because yeah. he did something to get uh, Don Nectar's, like, trust. Because he's, like, one exactly. of his right-hand man. He is. Like, like, counting the money. Mm-hmm. and He's, like, the, the top guy underneath Don Hector, it seems yeah. like. So, yeah, I'm not sure the whole backstory there, but I like this character a yeah. lot. He's awesome. Next, we have Michael McKean as Charles L. Chuck McGill Jr., Jimmy's elder brother and a named partner at HHM who is confined to his home by electromagnetic hypersensitivity expressing (laughs) disdain and hostility toward his brother whom he considers to be a disgrace to the law practice. Oh, Chuck. There's so much with Chuck. He is a massive character and um, I mean, I really like him, but he is the worst. He is the worst. (laughs) You're, oh, he, I think he's made Jimmy into what Jimmy uh, yeah. is. He's, I think Jimmy has worked his whole life trying to impress mm-hmm. his brother. He loves his brother. He does everything for him with this yeah. fake disease that he has. And he brings him groceries. He's checking up on him all the time. Yeah. He makes sure he didn't get thrown into the mental institution where mm-hmm. he should have been. And he, he got a good job working in the mail room mm-hmm. at this firm. Um, and he went to law school at night. Jimmy did. And, yeah. and you know, he's trying to impress Chuck. Look, he, I changed my life around. Right. I'm trying, I want to be a lawyer like you. I'm doing the good thing, but Chuck will not forget his past. Right. And he never lets that go the entire and time. This makes Jimmy just slip right back into those yeah, old routines. <laughs> no pun there, but yeah, he's trying to impress him and nothing he does seems to matter. So he just reverts yeah. back to his old thing, old ways of doing things. I like, I was watching a few of the recaps and one of the quotes, he goes, with your knowledge being slipping Jimmy, as we called you, um, and now that you have a law degree, it's like giving a chimpanzee a machine yes. gun. <laughs> like, oh, that's a good point. Because now that he knows how to get around the law and that he, he can break it 10 his, times yes. as bad, yeah. He could do the cons and get away with them and talk his way out of pretty much anything, which is what makes him a good lawyer. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's just, you want that relationship between these brothers just to develop and like come back to mm-hmm. terms and they get close and then they just, and Chuck screws it all up again because yeah. he's on his high horse. I'm the good one. Yep. And that scene with their mom. Oh, God. When, mom died and and he's like no and she goes jimmy <laughs> like yes. her last words and that and pissed him yeah. off even more because he like went to the store to get some sodas or something yeah. and, and then she asked for jimmy and not chuck not chuck <laughs> and just that look on his face is like i'm gonna destroy my brother like oh my gosh it's just so good but anyway mm-hmm. uh moving on to the next character which everyone was really hoping since it started that he would come back come, into yeah. the the frame here the uh, Giancarlo Esposito, I don't know if I'm saying his name <laughs> it's right, Spanish. as Gus Fring, or Cuban, actually. Cuban. Uh, everyone knows Gus, if you've watched Breaking Bad, <laughs> yeah. of course. He was a meth distributor who uses his fast food chain, 
Los Pollos Hermanos <laughs> as a front in season three. So they uh, they rebuilt that set. They brought back Los Pollos Hermanos, yes. and we get to see Gus again. I right. love getting to see more of his backstory, too, because he was such a great like villain to mm-hmm. Walter White. And we realized they're almost similar in a way. They're both yeah. like seem to be like family men that are just trying to make the money and not hurt people in the process, really, mm-hmm. is what it seems like. And wasn't his backstory in Breaking Bad just a, like his yeah. beginning, beginning, mm-hmm. like him and his partner, and that's where they, he got mixed, mixed up in the entire... <laughs> Um, <laughs> drug ring. Don't misconstrue what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. And um, just seeing him rise to the point where you're almost sad that that yeah. Walter comes in and takes over and, and screws and it up. Destroys it's like his life. Walter's the bad guy in this entire yeah. series. <laughs> like everybody's life was going great. And then Walter shows comes up, up out and of nowhere. Screws everybody's just, life up. Yeah. But what with the backstory with Gus too, we get to see him with him and Don Ector, which mm-hmm. is our next character. And yes, how they get together. Uh, Mark Mar- Margolos Margolis Mark Margolis Margolis as Hector Salamanca, Don Hector, a drug runner and the former right hand man and enforcer of Don El Iladio. Iladio. He's the like shirtless guy that's always in the pool, right? Hector was a high-ranking member of the Juarez Cartel, the patriarch of the Salamanca family, and feared among most of the South. So on Breaking Bad, we just see him confined to the chair in a handful of episodes, ringing Mm -hmm. his bell. And then we see him, his backstory, kind of how he got to that point throughout this. I think he's just on the third season. Is he on the second season, too? I think he was introduced in the second season. I think so. Yeah. But he was but really in the third season is where he's in like almost every episode it seems like. Yeah, cuz no, it was the second season cuz second season ended with Mike, I believe he was about ready to kill him and that's where right. his car horn went off. That is right. And that's where it was Gus that we'll find out in season 3 when he shows Says, up that it was don't him. shoot. Don't. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was just, I think don't. it was just a note that said don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's not all the characters. There's a lot more that yeah. These are the like, main cast show up. That... There's a lot of cameos and from the Breaking Bad series. Like, um, is it Tuco? Tuco the is nuts, in a couple the crazy episodes. Some bitch. <laughs> yeah, the... Tuco shows up. So, and in season three, we see the big fat black guy that yes. better call Saul or his little bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, used he's it awesome. as. And also. I don't know, skipping ahead to season three, the secretary they hire for that Kimmy and Jim hire mm-hmm. is the secretary, secretary from the from Better yeah. Call Saul. Like I, his did, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't make that connection. I'm like, she looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it at first, but one at the end when he's like, if I ever need anybody, you'll be the first person so I, call I call when we get her open our new place. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But then I was like, wait, that is her, that is her. <laughs> when he does open his <laughs> law firm. All right, we'll give a quick rundown here of the seasons. Um, I know we've talked a lot about it. We've jumped around, so mm-hmm. spoiler alerts if you haven't been watching the show. <laughs> well, we should have said that a long time before now. But yeah. <laughs> we kind of spoiled both shows. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first season, this crime drama series spinoff, as we said, Breaking Bad, of course, and it opens with Saul Goodman living under a different name in Nebraska. Nebraska, that's, that's where he moved to. 
After the events of Breaking Bad, as he watches some old ads he recorded when he worked as an attorney, he reminisces about his past. Back in 2002, Saul still goes by the name Jimmy McGill and is a small-time lawyer. When, while preparing a scam, he angers gangster Tuco Salamanca, played by Raymond Cruz. His life is turned upside down. He gets involved with Nacho, Tuco's subordinate. He meets former cop and future partner in crime, Mike Ehrmantraut, and starts down the path that will lead him to become Walter White's lawyer. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think if anything stands out from that season. I remember Tuco getting sent back to jail because of Mike. Mm -hmm. He, like, bumps into his car. fight. (laughs) (laughs) And then he has to take a punch from Tuco. And And that's where him and Nacho really, like, play it off. And Nacho has respect for Mike, and they they go into that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And the... That's where the, the crazy twins for oh, Breaking Bad right. show up, and they're, like, looking at them across the roof like, you do anything, we'll <laughs> shoot you. <laughs> yeah, I think they're only in, like, one or two episodes, too. But, yeah, that's another callback to Breaking Bad. There there must be Salamanca relation mm-hmm. of some sort. Then in season two of the drama series opens with Jimmy declining Davis and May's job offer and deciding to leave the practice of law. As Kim tries to make him change his mind, he she gets a taste of Jimmy's line of work and, thrilled by the experience, takes her, their relationship to a new level. Meanwhile, Price, played by Mark Proksch, <laughs> fires Mike as his bodyguard, and Nacho manages to steal information from him. In the end, Jimmy accepts the job offer but doesn't give up his unorthodox methods of practicing law. This jeopardizes his relationship with Kim and the one with his brother, Chuck, partner at another firm. So this is where he took – he declined Davis in May, but is – didn't he work? He he ends up by the end yeah. of the season. He Accepting starts it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one in Albuquerque, yes. I believe. Because Kimmy – or Kim ends up talking him into it. And this is where he begins, I believe, his practice of – Elder Law, where yes. he finds the love with the old people. It is so great I watching, love watching them interact. Him interact with like the people at the nursing home doing the bingo yes. and stuff like that. He's so good. Oh, um, it's great. And then is this where he starts to find at the uh, the nursing home where he uncovers the yes the money laundering or they, not money laundering but the they're taking advantage overcharging or something like that mm-hmm. on all. This huge embezzling, I think, something yeah. along those lines of yeah, taking springs, funds. something springs, whatever yeah, the name something. of the nursing home is. Yeah. They are all across New Mexico or whatever, and it's a huge thing where they're taking advantage of these old people mm-hmm. and embezzling money. So he uncovers that, and that plays into the third season where he teams up. He goes back to Chuck, and we see them get together, mm-hmm. and then. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so season three uh, picks up where season two left off. We see Chuck with a potentially incriminating tape recording of Jimmy's confession while Mike deals with a situation that leads him to cross paths with a familiar face. 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 <laughs> face off. This is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I think him and Chuck, maybe that was at the end of season two where he was working with Chuck and they took it to – HHM, mm-hmm. and that got Chuck out of the house. Like, okay, we can work on this together, and they team up. And then, <laughs> and as Chuck's idea said, okay, Jimmy, we'll take it from here, the firm, and you're not involved in this. Yes, and Jimmy and goes, this is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the whole thing, and with the tape recording, I think Chuck plays it off that he's like going really bad and berserk and putting stuff up in the house, trying to get mm-hmm. Jimmy to break while recording and getting a confession out of him, but it's still. 
what is that confession going to do? And that's what leads into the third season where, oh, man, yeah. Chuck just gets destroyed. <laughs> and I love that scene where he does, where they're testifying, and Jimmy has... He sneaks he put, that battery into his yeah, pocket. that live battery pa- or something into his pocket uh, yeah, the entire time. He takes time. a cell phone battery, and it's, the guy slips it into his, Chuck's jacket, and he doesn't realize it's in there, and he doesn't notice it when, really, if he's allergic to... The electromagnetic, yeah. whatever he, he would, would he, he said he uh, says tells everybody that he he can feel it no matter what. I can feel it like ten feet away or yeah. you know a mile. I can feel it wherever it mm-hmm. is in the room, and then that's where you could see it in Jimmy's face because like, he goes, "I don't want to do this, but damn it, Chuck, you're, you're forcing making me. you're making me do this because you're being an asshole." And he goes, <laughs> "Reach into your right coat pocket," and he pulls it out, and it's just like, <gasps> yeah. And it's and everyone you know the jury the judge and everyone's just like oh, oh and Chuck's ex wife is and, there and yeah <laughs> it's like just to expose him as a liar this entire and, uh, time yeah. it's all in your head that there is something wrong with you so just oh that whole court scene that was that was awesome mm, that yeah that's that probably episode. one of my favorite scenes of the whole series right there finally showing him that he is crazy and this allergic reaction or whatever you're calling it does it's all in your head doesn't justify of course what jimmy did you know and the whole thing and putting what changing those documents he switched the numbers in the address in order and he that's awesome scene too where (laughs) he he cut he lays out all of this stuff and cuts out on every document and scans them all in because he's great at being a con artist or whatever (sighs) and on whatever like 300 doc pages he has to cut out this and pick, get every single one of them and switch the address to 312 when it's actually 321 or something mm-hmm. oh man yeah. and, and then chuck knows he did it he or, knows but you know i i, I can't prove it i can't prove right. but i know he's done it he's done it and i would not make that mistake i know i'm better than that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's why jimmy had to prove look you're crazy right here it is. Here's my evidence. Back me <laughs> up. You can't say anything now because you're nuts. <laughs> and then season three, Ender. God, with him killing basically himself. killing himself he, in the house and just kicking that. Oh, I God. didn't know what was happening at first. I'm like, he's yeah, just like, mad. He kicking? He's kicking and that then, lamp. Like, you see that lamp getting closer to the lantern, to the edge. I guess. Yeah. And it gets closer. I'm like, no, no. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, and he but destroys- I was sad, but I'm like, okay, die. I don't like right. you anymore. The, well, how far can you go with this character, really? And we know. He's not going to be around. And what is this going to do to Jimmy in season four? Exactly. Is what we're going to find out. But like that whole episode leading up to him killing himself where he's ripping holes in the wall, trying to find out where there's an electric pulse in there somewhere. So he's ripping holes yeah, out, trying to find going it through the bookshelves. Yeah. That whole scene. That was probably pretty cool to record that. But yeah. like, Man, he's just nuts. Then you see the house at the end, and there's just there's like barely any walls left. And then he's just like, okay. And then he kills himself. Yeah, and this is. I need to off myself right here. <laughs> Ugh. And then, also in season four, there was something else that happened at the end of the season. Um, that was him. It was Gus and Mike shaking hands because they he's now working for Gus. Right. So we'll see where that starts. Yeah, that's that's when Nacho's switch is. Tuco or not Tuco. Oh, yeah. Hector's drug. Hector, he he was arguing with somebody out there, and he has, has his, his final stroke little, or heart attack or whatever it or is. Both, <laughs> and he goes down, and and Gus looks at him like he knows, like he knew that you know, because you see him picking up all the pills because he's yeah. got to destroy the evidence that he switched them, 
So it's interesting how Nacho is going to work for him too in this whole that whole trio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love those three characters to begin with. This would be cool. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they're going to take that one into season four. Another little storyline we didn't mention is the guy that Mike kind of was the bodyguard for. I know I, I kind of said it, but that, who he gets the drugs from, that like nerdy dude who he yeah drives that big fancy car and yes. <laughs> he's like all worried about his baseball him, cards. Yeah, to, <laughs> I need my baseball cards. <laughs> Somebody stole my baseball card. <laughs> Even though he's, like, stealing drugs and selling them so they can make the meth. Because I think that's what his storyline was in, like, the first season. Is he was Yeah, he the, was the bodyguard. for, Or Mike was. Yeah, yeah, and he was getting the drugs for Nacho yep. to, so they could use it for their meth. But that was another character that we – he was on quite a bit that we didn't really get to mention. That's true. There's a lot that went on that we didn't mm-hmm. mention in all these seasons. It's just a great show. I wasn't sure if they could capture the same – yeah, element as Breaking Bad, but I think they're doing it better because of the, I do too. The characters are more likable in this because <clears throat> honestly, Walter wife or Walter White's wife, I, ugh, I couldn't stand her. Oh god, yeah. And some of those other characters, and they just ugh, there were more annoying characters than this. I feel so emotionally attached to these guys, and they you want them a, to succeed, <laughs> but you know what's going to happen yeah. to most of them. They have more redeeming qualities almost, uh-huh. even though they're criminals from the moment we see them yeah and whereas like but it's like they chose this life but now it's controlling them and it's like they want out they mm-hmm. realize they made a mistake and you know mike's not proud of the things he did but he's we see more interaction between his uh daughter-in-law oh, i like and those his scenes grand, too yeah his grandchild um and that's the whole reason he's doing this so he's going out you know with the whole bang and making sure that they're happy and secure and taken care of which we knew in breaking bad but yes, we get to see the start of that now and how he decides to join this criminal ring. So, uh, we could talk forever yeah, on this. Yeah, and we will be back when once we see season 4, we'll do an like an updated episode, but for now, you want to drink some beer? I love drinking beer. All right. So, while we get the beer, uh listen to this ad. I don't know, is it an ad promo for the Hopped Up Network? <laughs> Hi everyone. This is Cutter. Tony Ross, Joel, and Clint from Three Beers In, a proud member of the Hopped Up Network. Each episode, we review a local Austin craft beer and talk about Club and Bananas, references I don't get, and Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. So tune in, crack open a beer, and hang out with us. Find us on hoppedupnetwork.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, or on threebeersinpodcast.com. This This is is the the podcast. podcast. All right, for our in beer, we have the Sun King Pachanga. It's 4.2% ABV, 24 IBUs. Pachanga is a Mexican style lager with a crisp malt flavor and thirst quenching character. Perfect for hot days in the summer sun. I thought it said hot dogs at first. <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> Perfect for hot dogs in the summer sun. On the can, we've got uh, piñata. Yeah, what is that, a donkey? A donkey llama. As a llama. Llama, yes. Um, it's a white background with a donkey, not donkey, llama <laughs> piñata. <Donkey. laughs> a uh, llama piñata. Does pachanga mean something in, in Mexican, in Spanish? That is a good question. Uh, so I like the, the mascot on this can. It's just kind of a plain white background, so it's not anything too special, but I do like the... The llama. 
According to Google Translate, it detected the Spanish pachanga in English's pachanga. <laughs> <laughs> pachanga. So there's a sentence here. La pachango acabo a las siete de la mañana. The dance party ended at six in the morning. So pachanga sounds like party. Oh, okay. If my translation. Cuatro años de español en escuela. <laughs> Cinco de cuatro. there's a teaser for the future episode (laughs) (laughs) all right let's uh guess it's time to look at the beer and get up my map so i can tell you what color it is some geek maps gotta scroll back up to the top here because this is pretty light yeah um maybe a two i don't know if it's a one it's pretty close though yeah this is looking more cp3 home C-3PO. C-P-3-O. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does look like C-P, too. So. I see P. I see P in my glass. It's super light. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A C-3PO gold or a C-P-3-O gold. <laughs> C-P-3-O. <laughs> R-D-2 do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll live this one down. <laughs> I kind of want to change it on here to CP3O for the future reference. <laughs> See if anybody else catches yeah. it. All right. Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to smell like a Mexican lager. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I bet, um, what's his name? Dom. He'd enjoy, he'd enjoy this. This beer's family. <laughs> we went with the Mexican lager because New Mexico closest we could come yeah. to, a, to a beer to fit this episode that's true all right what's it taste like yep pretty standard lager that's a mexican lager if this was a blind taste test i'd probably say that's yeah, like a corona it is it's very similar i think this one has a little bit more flavor than a corona corona's almost seem more watered down it does but i i like that there are craft breweries making just standard lagers so that way just any schmo off the street could go in there and they'll have something to drink for the people that don't want those IPAs, those hoppy exactly. or stouts, yeah. dark beers, whatever. That There's just this beer that your dad can drink or whoever that's not mm-hmm. into craft beer. No, this would be interesting if we threw a lime in here and how that would mix that up because mm-hmm. I know that's a lot of people do that with their I bet that'd be really to good. change up the flavor because it's water. <laughs> right. But, yeah. They should just – I feel like they should – have a variant or whatever pachanga and lime or something and yeah just brew it with do it. it yeah just to make it different yeah yeah right off the bat to yeah, give that, it some more flavor idea. but it is local it is sun king mm-hmm. down in indy we've talked so. about sun king before we've had the cream ale we've had yeah. the wee mac we've had is that it maybe those are like their two standards yeah i think that's all we've had I know we had that popcorn one the one time, just That's outside right. the podcast. Yeah, we were in the the tasting. The Osiris Pale Ale, um, but I think that's all we had. I don't yeah. I don't think we've had Osiris on the... I don't think we had Oh, Grapefruit popcorn. Jungle. Oh, yeah. I think we did do we that We had once. that one. And their Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah, the Oktoberfest. Yes, yes, yes. So we've had a few different... So we've talked about Sun King Plenty. So, I mean, we're not going to drag this on too long. It's it's a Mexican lager. It's just lager. a standard lager. There's nothing There's too n- special. A little bit more flavor, it, but yeah. it's... There yeah. is some sweetness to it, which I like. It's not 
it's a nice change of pace from like the IPAs or the stouts or the porters. Like those, those are the th- three types of beer we tend to have. So we got a little switch up here. Mm. <clears throat> Let me pull up the ratings real quick. Real quick. When you do that, I will look at Untapped. Coming in at a 3.42 out of 3,513 ratings. We've had three friends have it. Mr. Gone V6 had a friend give this to me to try. I'm not big into lagers, but this isn't too bad. It's light and crisp. Very. He gave it a three. And Patrick had this. Great beer for what it is. A light, easy-drinking Mexican lager. Nothing too complex about it, but that's what we were going for on this one. That's what they were going for. I thought he said we. (laughs) We, we He he gave this one a four. That's a pretty good score. Uh, Is that it? Well, Kyle, Nathaniel, and Kat, but she gives everything a five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Beer Advocate. We've got a 3.37 out of 5. That's okay, but there's only 15 ratings, so it's not like there's much to go on. And on right beer, there's 16 ratings. That's a 33 overall, which sounds bad, but it's a 99 in the style. So mm-hmm. it's the almost perfect Mexican lager. And the average rating is 2.98 out of 5. So yeah. it seems like it, it it knows what it is, and it yeah, does it's not that trying, well. Yeah, it's not trying to hide. It's not trying to be anything fancy. It's it's a Mexican lager. And like we were saying, a lot of the craft brew places are coming out with more of these regular styles for the old-timer beer drinkers yeah, who are like cream ales swear or by their pilsners, pilsners or yeah. whatever. Just something that anybody could drink that to get them into craft beer. Like, I don't know, craft yeah. beer can be just a beer. It doesn't have yeah. to be all beer was craft at one time, <laughs> but you don't have to drink the same stuff for fifty years. Yeah, you can change you, it up. <laughs> you don't have to drink Bud Light your whole life. Yeah, so not bad. I did rank this in. Uh, this was part of my Cinco de Mayo party <laughs> I attended. A while back, <laughs> judging by air date, who knows? Um, <laughs> it's uh, so it is fairly fresh. I mean, it was just recently purchased, so as of this recording, so it's not like it's it is still early. It's or still anything, early, man. So, yeah, as we talk. So I did rank it because it was the first beer I had at the party. Because when I showed up and they're like, "Yeah, we'll have a bunch of Mexican beers in there. Help yourself." Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Open the fridge. I'm like, Pachanga, I haven't had that yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, give me this. I'm going to rank it right now. So I ranked it, but eh, I don't know. I, I'll just stick with it because I have it. I really don't want to check it in again. Okay, what'd you get? I gave it a 3.25. And my note says a Mexican lager. <laughs> Nothing too special, which is pretty much what we've been saying. Right. It is what it is. So for the style, that's why I didn't want to give it like a 2.5. Like, this is right. gross. I don't want to drink it. Exactly. But it, it, it hits the style, but mm-hmm. there's just nothing special about it. Exactly. Except that it's local, and I'll support them, mm-hmm. and I'll buy it, and I'll drink it. I gave it a 3.5. I think it's really good as a Mexican lager, but if they were to add like lime or something to really set it apart from yeah. just your standard lagers, Mexican lagers, whatever... I think that would could really bump it up just to give it something unique to it because it's really mm-hmm. just plain. There's nothing special about it. I can't give it a huge score just because it's it's the basic lager. So it's not like you're my the best lager ever. I'm not going to give it a five, but it, yeah. it it does a good job at what it's doing. Absolutely. All right, time for our next beer. Do you remember what it is? 
Yes, we have John from that Neshamani. Oh, right. <laughs> Creek Brewing Company. All right, let's get that ready. And while we do that, you listen to this. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content and previous episodes, and that is currently at patreon.com slash drinkandgeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, as we just said, we have the John from the Neshemi Creek Brewing Company in Croydon, Pennsylvania. It comes in at 5.2% ABV, 45 IBUs. And the description of this beer says, It goes without saying that you've spent any time in and around the Philly area. You undoubtedly have heard of your fair share of Philly slang and local colloquialism. (laughs) Colloquialism. Thank you. Some things just scream Philly so bad it almost hurts. Anyone familiar with our head brewer knows he's got a fondness for the linguistic arts as well. Whether it be his loud, booming Jersey Philly accent cutting across the room or his late-night drunken German, there's no doubting his love for the sound of the spoken word of any native tongue. He's also got a fondness for easy-drinking, hoppy beers. What do you get when you put it together? John. J-A-W-N. Juicy Ale with Nugget. This 5.2% ABV American Pale Ale is malty yet crisp and is loaded with dank citrus as well as tropical and stone fruit flavor and aroma from the gratuitous use of nugget and zythos hops. Zythos? Zythos. Have we had that before? That sounds new. That sounds new. Z-Y-T-H-O-S. Zythos. It is available year-round. Nice. From this brewery. So another nugget beer. Excited to try it. Pennsylvania Um, nugget beer. Philly. Nugget beer. So if anybody wants to make the connection here, <laughs> who was the cop in, in Philly? Philly? That was Mike. Ike Ehrman Trout. Um, I mentioned it like five times in my description when we were talking <laughs> yes. about that. As a former Philly cop. Um, so this beer has a cool label, and I'm just scrolling through the website looking at some of their other cool labels. And they have some really neat ones. Um. We were doing that before the show, and we I didn't see this one at the time, but it looks like the California Raisins, but they are hops, I believe, on the e-commerce one under their semi-annual offerings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. It's like I see something new every time I look mm-hmm. at these. They got, like, their Terminator beer, the Nishaminer Minator, excuse me, the German Wheat Bock at eight and a half. Ooh, that'd be neat. The Imperial Milk Stout has, like, a piece of chocolate with a crown on. <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, these his little uh, kisses next to him or whatever those are. Yeah. Chocolate chips. <laughs> these are really cool. I'm assuming that Leon Russian is mm-hmm. that the guy you the were talking about brewer, in yeah. your description. These, it, really cool artwork. Yeah. Check out their website and just scroll through the, the – uh, what is this? The beer tab? Yeah. It has like most of their labels on there and they're oh, just really goofy looking. They have a coffee, John. Juicy ale with nugget and they put coffee in it. I don't know what that'll be that like, but I really want to try it. would <laughs> be different. 
and I really want to try it too. Because, I mean, we usually have like the coffee stouts. Have we had a coffee yeah. like IPA or anything? I thought I had one. One of our beer tastings, I thought I had one. Maybe yeah, something was probably brewed with coffee, th- like a small batch. I'm guessing yeah. somebody probably and I'm sure, did something like, cool. Summit City's probably done it because they yeah. always put coffee in all their stuff. <laughs> all right, let's get to this label though. Yes, this yeah. label. I was I would suggest looking at the other labels, but I mean we could go all day looking at these because there's so many cool ones. So with the whole Philadelphia theme that they got going on here, we got the Liberty Bell. We have the uh, what's that Hulk on? Where they probably did the whole Constitution. Yeah, the, the damn you history. I don't remember now either. <laughs> the it's in Philly. It's it's the it's Capitol got, building or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, Independence Hall. Yeah, there, there you it go. is. I was gonna say Constitution Hall. So that's yeah. not right. And it's being struck by lightning, and riding the Liberty Bell <laughs> is a jacked up, weird looking <laughs> Ben, ben Franklin. Franklin. Chomping off Philly little, yeah. <laughs> we thought it was a cigar at first, but then I thought it was a hot dog, and I was like, "Well, they're in Philly; it's got to be a Philly cheesesteak." But it could be a corn dog or something, <laughs> or a no. chili dog. No, that's got to be a cheesesteak. Yeah. So it's really neat drawing, just cartoony, cartoony, looking. goofy, fun, and the colors—it's like black, brown, and like light blue. Yeah. I, so it, it's I didn't really expect cool. an IPA. I, I expected like a stout or something in this dark brown can. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. And then I read what it was, Juicy Ale with Nuggets in American Pale Ale. I was like, oh, okay, so it's it's going to be a pale ale, not a something darker, just based on the dark can. But Can't judge a book by its cover. That's true. Or a can by its label. But the label is pretty awesome, uh-huh. so I'm hoping the beer is too. Um, Speaking of colors... For this one, it's, it's kind of an orangey. It's, it's like orangey. Weird. Almost goldeny orange. Kind of floaty looking things in it. It's like the carbonation, but as you swirl it, they kind of just like yeah. sit there. It's weird. It's like <laughs> gel- gelatin. Yeah, it does like the gelatinous. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is. I don't know if I've ever seen that, that bizarre. before. It could be because it's an older beer, maybe. It could be. It is settling a little bit towards the bottom. I don't. Still. It didn't pour like jello. I know. <laughs> it just <laughs> come out in clumps. Like it. Um, all right, the color, it's kind of just like an orange. Be darker or more like Charizard? Blanca shorts. Yeah, probably in that area. 11, like 11, 12. 12. Maybe it's a Ben Grimm, the thing. <laughs> we just watched uh, Tobias S. <laughs> Tobias S. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> Cease and desist. Daddy, uh, Daddy needs say? help getting his rocks off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that show. Uh-huh. That's so crazy. I think uh, he is my favorite character, but we'll yes. get to that later in a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does this have a big snail to it? I haven't tried smithing it yet. Ooh, there's that dank. Oh, yeah. Just hope that after dank aftertaste. <laughs> there. It does have a similar smell to that Hoptronics from whatever yeah. episode we did that on. But definitely f- like four percent less alcohol. Yeah, it's not as <laughs> gonna kill us. It's only five point key, as you said earlier. Yep. All right, I'm gonna sip it. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have to chew it, so yeah. Whoa, there's like I can floral, feel floral. Something floral on the back. It said tropical and stone fruit flavor and aroma. So a tropical stone fruit. Mm-hmm. 
I got some fruits, but like really like on the back end, it's almost like perfume ish. I wonder if that's the Scythos hops that we don't know oh, much maybe. about. It's a new IPA style hop created to optimize and exceed the aroma characteristics of the traditional and sometimes it cut me off. Open the page. <laughs> I thought you were burping. <clears throat> it was a good opportunity too as well. <laughs> oh, it's a blend of hops. Go away, Ad. So it's a blend of different hops. Says it's perfect for West Coast style hoppy pale ales and IPAs. Doesn't say what it's blending. It's hmm. similar to the Simcoe and Amarillo hop. Okay. Which we've had plenty of. So it's like a hop combination. A little bit of dank, but it's not sitting as oh, bad. Oh no, it's not too bad. And I think the more I drink of it, as with most of these, it kind of grows on you. Like just getting through that first burst of flavors and then getting mm-hmm. your mouth used to it. You start to enjoy it more. Yeah, that's like a whole burst of flavors. Mm-hmm. Kind of liking that Zythos. It's different. Yeah, because it's a whole big pile of hops that they. Yeah. Just, you can pull out different flavors every time you sip it because it's whatever, the, however they blended it. So the use of nugget. What specifically is nugget? Uh, yeah, I thought nugget was just a hop. Like, yeah. I thought nuggets nugget. were just another name for hops. That's the way I always understood it. We've had all these nugget beers. I just thought it was a fun name. Mm-hmm. I always say with nugget added. Yeah, it's a, it's a hop. Yeah, I just thought that that little guy was considered a nugget. A true hop lover's hop. Nugget is woody, resiny, and plenty bitter. Oh, so it's a specific hop. It is. Herbal and woody aroma, which most Herbal. hops are. Yeah, because I like that piney flavor. Good foam retention. So I will say, we've had those nugget beers, and I mm-hmm. get a little taste of that. Yeah, it's got that so. similar kind of bitterness to it. It's not like juicy as those are yeah. for being called a we'll say, juicy ale. As hoppy as this is, it feels like a higher ABV type yeah, beer. Yeah, it does. Like, it's but, uh, got that kind of burn almost, but I think it might be the carbonation a little bit too. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit um, crisp in that way. Hmm. Uh, let's look at Beer Advocate real quick. Um, 400 ratings. The BA score is 3.87 out of 5, which is very good. Uh, rate beer. <laughs> 69 overall. <laughs> and a 68 style with 76 ratings, averaging 3.35 out of 5. Untapped, coming in at 3.64 out of 26,000 really? ratings. Twenty six. was not expecting that many ratings. And we know nobody who has tried this. Don't got a lot of because friends in Philly. This is one, yeah, I picked up on my trips to Pennsylvania. Mostly cans. People have had this. Cans and draft. And it's the average... Can and draft is much higher than the taster and the bottle. That's funny how that works because I know we've always talked about that with the taster. You just can't get enough. Yeah. By the time your palate gets used to it, it's there's not enough left to judge yeah. how much you like it's it. It's like three more ounces and you would probably start to like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That was his tap in. He just oh. used his shirt instead of... <laughs> and, I'm like, wait, what? That's not beer. That's a Red Sox. I don't know. It's in here with the rest of them. That's so weird. <laughs> Jimmy John. 
Not bad. Maybe this is what the guy's eating on the can. <laughs> yes. That's a look, weird looking Philly. It's like sitting on money. That's the grossest thing ever. Ugh. Sit your money on like coins, dirty coins. <laughs> put my food on there. All right. Let's uh, wrap this beer up. I guess I'd have to check it in to do that. That you would. Mm-hmm. More I'm drinking it, more I'm liking it. More so than I already did. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Hoppy, smooth, light, sweet, malty. All um, the above. I'm going to edit my chicken. I already changed my mind. Why not? <coughs> Middle of the road. So I ended up giving this beer a 3.75 out of 5. I originally had it at a 5, but it, it a really. Four? Three, five. Uh, 3.5. Oh, 3.5. Uh, yeah. Okay. I wish I had it at a five, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I left off the rest. 3.5. I moved it up to 3.75. Um, but the more I drink it, the more I am enjoying it. And, I mean, I would probably grab this before the Hoptronics, which mm-hmm. we had before. And so I had to give it up a little bit bigger score than that. But there is just a little bit of an aftertaste there that is. Doesn't quite get it up into the four level for me, but it's still really drinkable and pretty good. I almost went with the three point seven five, but I'm like, eh, I'll push it up to the four, and so I gave it a four. <laughs> and the reason I gave it a four is because just the flavor. It's got a unique flavor. It's and unique, it's really good. and it's something I've never had before. So it's hard to compare it. There's the elements of the Nugget beers that mm-hmm. from four fifty that we've had forever so there's those elements but that that weird hop that we haven't Mm -hmm. had there's just there's something very different about this i don't know what it was but the flavor but you were right that does have a little bit of that bitter aftertaste Mm -hmm. which is bringing it down but the uniqueness of it that set it apart for me so i gave it a four so i'd like to have more of this style Uh, i know it would be interesting to have one that's like super fresh and to see if what has changed in the past six months or whatever it's been since right. this beer's been sitting around. But I I would definitely drink it again and try to see if I like it even better. Yeah, absolutely. Got another one in there. <laughs> I imagine it tastes about the same. Yeah, it probably does. <coughs> I should probably drink that soon. Soon. Um, But, yeah, I think that is all for this episode, right? That was our out beer. We did yeah. our in beer. We talked in- about our... Stuff. Better call Saul. Better drink Saul. <laughs> um, excited for season four, oh. whenever that will be. They recorded, started recording in January 2018, so I'm hoping by the end of the calendar I year. I would say probably in the fall we'll probably start seeing it. I think it premiered in the fall originally, didn't I? It was, it was spring. F- okay. It was always in the spring. That's Usually by now it's been started, like March. Yeah. I'm pretty well, sure. The first episode was in February. February. I was and then close. I think the second season premiered in like May. Oh, maybe. And then the third season premiered in like the end of the summer. So they oh, keep they getting keep changing it. pushed back because it's taken like a year and a half yeah. in between seasons or something weird like that. So usually it's only like it, it premieres like the same time of the year, but whatever with this show, it, it takes them a little longer. I think Maybe they're busy doing other stuff, and this is like what they do in their spare time. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, after we watch that, we will be back to recap season four, I am sure. Because, yep. I mean, I know we both love the show. It's so good. 
So thank you for listening. And until next time, drink drink up up and and geek out. out. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network. Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Or somebody just drove through my garage. Ah.